Hey, this is Susanna with Foster Carolinas, connecting the Carolina community through foster care. So welcome everybody to Lisa These Carolinas podcast, Foster Carolinas. We're so excited to have everybody listening out there. I think that our listeners get um, more and more every week. And we are always going to be talking about foster care and how that affects you in the community. Um, We also want to go over a few things with Lisa These Carolinas. We have our online auction that's live. So you can look at all of that online. Um, You can get there through our Facebook page or through our Instagram. It's all out there. It does close on Thursday, April 22nd, um, which leads me to my next point that on Thursday night, April 22nd, Sarah Lee will be in our um, studio, I guess, studio building. We'll be showing everybody the building, but we're also going to close out the auction, tell you more about our programs. And so everybody can tune in at 7 p.m., on our Facebook Live, or you can go to our website, and there's a YouTube link, and you can watch YouTube Live. So that's kind of the two things we have coming up. Um, also, I forgot about this one. We have the golf tournament on um, in May. So just check out our website. All of that is out there. But um, today, I'm so excited because we have a foster mama, kind of a new foster mama. Um, but she may not be new to our listeners because you've been in the area a while, but we have Emma, Emily Cole. So welcome, Emily. Thank you so much. Yes, we are newbies. We are three months in officially to being foster parents. So still rookies. Yes, still <laughs> rookies. But what's so cool is uh, we met, and we were talking about this earlier, but we met because um, the Grizzlies, mm-hmm. um, love the Grizzlies, and we started fundraising through you guys. And that's kind of before you were even married, we mm-hmm. had met. Yeah. Um, And you had talked to me then about, I want to be a foster mom. We want to be foster parents. And I kind of, I'll be honest. I was like, yeah, right. You're never going to be a foster parent. But here we are. I mean, however many years later. Right. And and we finally did it. Even (laughs) after you had your own biological child. So kind of explain that journey. Like how did, how did you arrive? Yeah. Well, I did bring it up to you years ago and I was not young and naive, but it had always been on my heart to just do something in that world. I didn't know if it was going to be private adoption or foster care, but I just knew growing up that I was pretty fortunate. We were in a good family with a lot of love and I could see around me that not everybody had that. Mm -hmm. And so then fast forward to being an adult, you know, I saw it in, in different ways um, and yes, my husband and I owned and operated the team in Gastonia, North Carolina. It's so basically like a minor league baseball team and you just had all sorts of different people come in. And so you could see that there were children out there who did not necessarily have the love and support that I had had growing up. So anyways, it, that kind of grew in my heart over the years. Um, and then we did have our first biological son and he was one. And, you know, we had that conversation that most parents start having at that age of, are we going to grow our family and what's that going to look like? Is there going to be another one? And then COVID hit. Um, (laughs) And so we were sitting at home and I had a little bit more time than I normally do. And I read the book, Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo. Okay. And basically the premise of the book is just stop putting things off. Everything's figure outable. You can find a way if it's something that you're really passionate about. And so sure enough, I, you know, I went to my husband, Jesse, and I said, listen, I know it's hard. We travel all of the time. We are in different states and different countries because of our work. And we're so fortunate and we love that. But if this is something that we really want to do, we can figure it out rather than say it's too hectic in our lifestyle to do this. No, let's let's reverse that and say we will figure it out. 
And so um, we started taking classes. And on our son's second birthday, we, we filled out our first piece of paperwork for foster care. I don't think people understand how, like, because I see you on social media and y'all own a baseball team in Savannah. The It's the Bananas, yep, right? Savannah Bananas. Savannah Bananas. And he travels, all, your husband travels, yep. and he speaks all over the world. Yeah. And I probably would have been like, yeah, this is not ever going to work. So, and was he on board? Like a lot of times the wives get on yeah. board before the husbands. Was that an easy talk it's, with him? It's definitely, it was that situation with us as well. I'm the one that brought it up and he was a little hesitant. He is an only child. He, it comes from like five generations of only children. And so even just growing our family to having a second child was something that we had discussed. Is this what we want to do and, and can this work? And then, yeah, our lifestyle is crazy. He's a professional speaker and author and we own multiple businesses together and we are on an airplane or, you know, traveling somewhere like every week um, or we were before COVID. And so really, I, I think that book really helped me to just get to that that place where I said, we're going to keep coming up with excuses. Mm -hmm. um, and we do have a, a great, fun, crazy life, but why can't we do this also? Right. There's got to be a way to figure it out and to balance it. And so we did. Right. And COVID was probably that automatic pause in your life that yeah. gave y'all a chance to kind of. Yes. It was horrible for so many reasons, but we are those people that always try to find the positive in everything. And that definitely was it for us. It was a, a time for us to sit together, reflect, not be on different airplanes, going to different cities and to really connect as a family and decide that this is the path we were going to go down. That's great. So um, what, during your training, I mean, what's been the toughest part of, of becoming a foster parent or what have you learned through the journey? So we went through foster training different than most people and because it was COVID. So ours was completely virtual. We never met another human in person while we were going through this. And so I think just that idea of isolation and not being connected to other people who were doing it. Um, I had inserted myself into the world through podcasts and books and just online Facebook groups. And so I had started to, to get involved and meet other people, but just us as a couple and then my husband, I mean, we didn't have a lot of connections. And so right. I think that isolation is normal for people who go through the foster care journey because it's not that popular of a thing. There's not a lot of people in your friend circle probably who are foster parents. And so just that alone is hard, but then you put the pandemic on top of it and you're sitting at home alone um, and just right. the isolation, I think, was was probably the cha most challenging when we were getting started. So did you have friends that said, mm, Emily, what are you thinking? Yeah, all the time. Um, and, and the biggest concern, and I'm so happy to talk about this topic whenever to anybody, is the fear for our biological children. Uh, so we have one bio son who is two. He was two the day we started filling out the paperwork. And everyone's concern is, well, what is this going to do to him? And... You know, we just strongly believe that this is going to be the best thing for him. Again, yeah. we are those people that try to find the positive in everything. But yes, he will have heartache when a placement goes home who he has gotten close with. Right. He will. But he lives a very privileged life. And I don't think it makes sense to hide him from the hard in the world. Right. And so we are very confident in our decision to include him in this foster care journey and believe that the adult we're raising in him is going to become a better person because of being exposed to this world. Absolutely. And when my husband and I were foster parents, my kids were probably eight, nine, 10 years old. And I remember um, taking a trip and I don't even know where we were going, but girls always have all their baby dolls mm -hmm. and they were back there playing. 
and I overheard um, one of my girls say, okay, this will be your foster baby, and mm-hmm. this will be my foster baby. And we'll be, And I thought, oh, my gosh, they're playing pretend yeah. foster parents in the yeah. back seat. Yeah. So, yeah, there's hurtful things, and when the kids leave your home, you have to walk through that. Right. But I would rather my kid learn how to deal with grief yes. for me and walk through that with them than to just wait till it happens to you in life. I totally agree. So I think the good that our kids have learned yes. way, it outweighs the bad. I know. And and so, yeah, to your original question, I mean, that's what friends and, and family were concerned for for us. And so we've had a lot of conversations with people trying mm-hmm. to expose them a little bit to this world because they just are unaware, I think, as most of us are until right. we get involved. And so, you know, their fear was us protecting Maverick and we just kind of have to set them straight and say, I think this is the best thing for our child right now. And so thank you for your concern, but you know, this is what we want to do as a family. And how has that changed? Um, if some of the friends met some of the, or your placement, have they met this placement and are they like, I don't know why I even thought that. Have they said anything to you? Yeah. So we are so fortunate with the community that we have. And that is why we ultimately decided to be licensed here in North Carolina because this is where our village is. Mm-hmm. And although we were traveling all over the world, this is home and this is where our support system is. And, um, you know, I was given advice early on to accept help when people offer it. Um, and so we have, it, you know, a lot of people are too proud to do that, but we, we said yes. And so when people said, can I bring you dinner? We said yes and join us. And I think that that has helped tremendously because our friends and our family have come and they've had dinner with this little girl, you know, our first placement. Mm-hmm. And so they, they're able to see that she is just like our biological child. She is just like their biological children. And I think it has helped people realize why we're doing this and they understand a little bit more. Because some people who, who are not involved, of course, they have this scary image right. of foster children, children in care. And, and there's so much trauma. And, and there is but they're also just children. And so if they can come share a dinner with them, um, it has helped them with their perspective, I Mm -hmm. think. And so we don't have that fear, those conversations of fear from our friends anymore saying, this is bad for your family. Hopefully those changed into, hey, I'm thinking about a foster parent. (laughs) Yes, um, we are having those conversations with some people because they're they're open to it now. Oh, that is so awesome. I'm so glad that folks like you guys are starting to get involved because I think the more popular it becomes, the more people are going to do it. And we know, um, you know, the schools are starting to open back up right now. And um, we're getting reports that the numbers are skyrocketing mm-hmm. because now these kids are in school and teachers are making phone calls and, and reporting abuse. Right. And so um, it's just now more than ever, we need people to get licensed. Yeah. And you can do that. In, I mean, you got licensed through the county, but we there's did. a ton of. Um, private agencies Mm -hmm. and I always tell people just do your research you're probably a researcher I feel like you probably are yeah so you do your research and you figure out if a private agency is the best if the county is the best Mm -hmm. whatever that is Um, we just want people to get more involved in foster care and become foster parents so but and we are going to give you a freezer meal today because you're a foster mama yes Um, the point church um, we like to mention that's another way that we support at least these carolinas is we give a frozen meal to foster parents that's amazing um is there anything that you've been surprised um just from lisa these carolinas uh, any support you've gotten from us or just anything about that yeah so the bags of hope that you guys do for the kids it's it's just so special because these children really do come to you with nothing Um, Our foster daughter right now has one little baby doll and 
truly that is it. I mean, the other items were not savable. They mm -hmm. were not usable. Um, technically she is two and a half, but was in mostly 12 month and 18 month items. And so you just kind of have this idea that, okay, this kid's going to come live with you. Okay. This kid's probably going to have things or this kid is this age, but mm -hmm. until they are in your home and you, you have a real understanding of what size they're in and the fact that they actually don't come with anything, um, it, it's, it's hard to wrap your mind around, but then once they're there, you realize you don't have anything in the right size or clean for them. And so the Bags of Hope is just really special because you guys get to know the family and the children and are able to personalize those bags for the kids. And, and that's special because each case is different. Um, I did not expect to need 12-month items for my two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Exactly. Um, and that's exactly what I needed. And so it's just, again, you know, once they're in your home, you realize what you really need, and those bags of hopes are so special. And that's one of the things we like to do with our bag of hope is to talk to that foster parent once the child mm -hmm. is placed because there's really no need in giving you a bag of things that you can't use. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just a waste of our, our time and, and resources as well. But um, I'm just so excited that you're on this journey, and hopefully we'll have your husband, Jesse, yeah. um, to get that foster dad perspective. But if there was anybody out there that's like, they're on that edge, and they're thinking, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, like, what would be your advice to them? Well, I think that there are a lot of ways to get involved, even if you don't want to necessarily jump right into being a foster parent. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand really what respite care was um, until I started going through this journey. And so I think there are a lot of ways to either volunteer with least of these or to become respite parents before, you know, if you're too Absolutely. nervous to just jump in and become foster parents. Um, and then I also think that it's really important that your family talks about what you can handle because honestly, at this stage, if we brought in some very traumatized teenagers, I might not be able to parent them extremely well. I have a two-year-old at home, you know, that's all I knew. Um, right. And so we, we actually had to say no to our first call and that was hard, but Again, we knew going into it that if we kind of overextended ourselves, then we were not going to be good long-term foster parents. And so we kind of set up the parameters. And so I think if people understand, you can have certain parameters for what you can accept as a family. And I think, you know, from the conversations I've had, people kind of think that they throw a dart at the board and then that's just what you get. Um, and obviously there are wonderful children of all ages and backgrounds who, who need your support, but you can be specific on what your household can handle at the time. And so you can choose a gender, you yes. can choose an age. Um, you know, I can totally understand having five little girls at home and not wanting to bring in a teenage boy. Mm -hmm. I, I get having those concerns. And so you can be pretty specific. And, and we were, we said that we wanted to be in that younger age range. And that helped us, I think, transition into what is a very, um, good placement right now for mm -hmm. our family and for this little girls it's it's just healthy all around and so i think people just do the research and understand you know you can get your feet wet by just being coming a respite parent right. or just by volunteering and know that you don't have to accept anything that the worker calls you with right um there are certain traumas that you might not be ready for or medical needs and that's okay but any sort of help is is appreciated yeah. in this world Trust your gut. Always trust yeah. your gut and know that you can say no. Um, foster parents don't want to say no. And that's part. Yeah. Of, that's sometimes why the wrong placements get into the wrong household because yes. you want to help so bad. But I trust you. They will call you again and ask you about another child. Right. And God has a plan for all these kids and yeah. he knows exactly where they're supposed to be. Absolutely. So thanks again for joining us on yes. Foster Carolinas. And as always, guys, I leave you with this. Everybody can do something for kids in foster care. For Emily and her husband, it was being foster parents. 
maybe it's volunteering at least at these Carolinas, whatever that is, guys, find it and um, get to work. Thanks.